happened unto them for examples. I still read from the King James or examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Paul, speaking to the Corinthians, said, these things that happened to the children of Israel happened to them for examples, and they are written for our teaching and our learning and our admonition, those of us upon whom the ends of the world has come. Paul said in his time, the end of the world is upon us, but he said, plural, ends. The ends of the world, because there was a lot that had to happen still. The establishing of the church, the propagation of the gospel. And for all of these years, since the starting of the early church, the gospel has been preached, and the word says, when the gospel is preached in all the world, then shall the end come. And you know, it's been the ends of the world all of this time, but do you know at some point, it's going to be the end of the ends. And my message today is, what time is it? What time is it? I believe that we are nearing the end of the ends. Yes, we are. It's upon us. I never have never in my Christian life felt so severely how close to the end we are. We've always preached Jesus is coming. We've always preached that, that we needed to be ready. We've always preached that it could come, but I have never been so persuaded and so sure that we're approaching the end as I am today. The scripture says also in Corinthians, he said, it's high time that we awake out of sleep for our salvation is nearer than when we believed. It is. I believed 46 years ago and my salvation is so much nearer than when I believed. It's about happened. You know that one day the last message is going to be preached. One day the last of everything is going to be done. The last soul is going to be reached. The last of the last of the last is going to happen. And it's high time that we wake out of any slumber that might be in us, anything that might be hindering us, anything that might be encumbering us, and recognize the hour that we as the church live in and the opportunity. We were singing about the authority that we have. Oh, if we would use it. Oh, if we would melt into it. And I say melt into it because we're transformed into it. I oh, wish I had time for that one. But anyway, 
I was driving down the road and, and I just got home to where I live and was pulling in the park there at the gate and uh, the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he said, that it is risen. The beast has risen. And I, just, I was just pulling into the gate and getting ready to punch in my numbers, and I said, Lord, the beast from Revelation 13. Yes. Of course, we know the beast from Revelation 13 is the Antichrist, but the Antichrist spirit all over the world is rising. Yes, it is. The Antichrist spirit all over America is rising, and it is preparing the way for the Antichrist. But we have never in, in my Christian life of 46 years lived in such an Antichrist spirit of time. We haven't. It's here and it's upon us and it's telling us the end is approaching. Jesus Believe it or not, it really is coming back. <laughs> he really is. The Bible said that he stood upon the sand of the sea and he saw the beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns, and ten crowns upon the, the ten heads. Having ten horns, and upon the ten horns there were crowns, and the crowns were the names of blasphemy. Seven heads, seven powerful nations, ten horns, ten powerful entities in the seven nations. And I'm not going to go into any depth in all of that and name all the nations, but you know all the powerful nations right now. You know, and U.S. is one of them, and Russia is one of them, and China is one of them, and Japan is one of them, and Saudi Arabia is one of them. And I mean, there's, there's about, right now, there's about nine that are powerful. Which of them are the seven? I don't know. Might even be ten. And on their on on the names of those horns were blasphemy. It is definitely antichrist. And it said that that the that he looked like unto a leopard. And a leopard, they say, you can't change the spots of a leopard. A leopard is a leopard. An antichrist is an antichrist spirit is Antichrist, and it will not try to appear to be anything else. 
They're very boldly today resisting and speaking out their blasphemies. Very boldly today, Antichrist spirit is speaking out blasphemy. His feet like the feet of a bear. That a bear can sneak up on you in the forest. I mean, those big, huge things, they're huge. And they can sneak up on you. And it has snuck up on us. And his mouth like the mouth of a lion. Nothing but a devourer. Definitely what it is, sneaking up and ready to devour. You know, I, I, I one day had a vision in my mind, and I'm not saying God gave me a vision, but it was just, you know, just a, maybe an imagination or, you know, whatever in my mind. But I saw President Trump, and I saw him just being pummeled, you know, just bullet after bullet, just pummeled, just beat with bullets and, and, and things just pummeling him. And it was like, that's what he did when he was president. And now he's pretty much out of the way. He's not the focus. And the focus is you and I. The focus now is now, he, you know, he kind of, I'm not going to say he was the epitome of Christianity and the, and the holy man of God. I'm not going to say that. But, it, but he held some of our values and he held some of our founding fathers values and he did some things that he was attacked for he did a lot of things that we believe in and he took the flack and now he's out of the way and now they're after you and i They're after the conservative, Republican, Democrat, Republican or Democrat if they're conservative, which if, if that's an oxymoron, but anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be political ever. I really don't. They're after the conservative Christian. They are. I mean, that uh, when they arrested that pastor for having church, I mean, come on. Say, look, look, folks, go home. You cannot have church now. I mean, haul him off and put him in jail. I mean, we're in that generation. We're in that time that Isaiah spoke about, and he said, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, and that call bitter sweet. And, and sweet, bitter. We are in an age that everything is twisted. We are in an age of time that Paul talked about when he was talk, uh, writing to the Thessal Thessalonians when he said to them, and he was speaking also about the Antichrist whose coming was after the power of Satan. And he talked about them not willing to receive the love of the truth 
the world not being willing to receive the love of the truth, rather loving unrighteousness more. And because of it, God would send a strong delusion into the land. We are in that time. I, I have looked and I thought, how can they really believe that? Before I realized that it was this moment in time. First I thought, all of these people that are believing that, it's a conspiracy. They're just saying, we'll say we believe this so that we can accomplish that. And the more I watched, the more I went, no, no, they really believe it. And it's so twisted, and it's so backwards, and it's so upside down, and it's so far from the truth. And we're in that time, that Antichrist time, where it is the spirit of Antichrist is unleashed in a measure that has never been, I say, unleashed. It is being propagated in a measure like never before. And in this period of time, the men and women that that despise God and despise the conservative Christian and despise all that God is about. And, and they're leopards for sure. They, they are what they are, and they do not want anything to do with God because of their love for unrighteousness. God is sending strong delusion in, their land, in the land, and they are believing what they believe, and it's so wrong and twisted. We just go, Really? Every time you turn the news on, what? It's high time, church. And that, you know, high time, I tried, I looked that up in Strong's, I thought, you know, it's probably going to say, you know, it's, you know, it's critical. It's, no, it said lofty. <laughs> it was like, it's high time. It's way up there time. That we wake up and recognize the hour that we're living in. And you say, I am awake, Juanita. Praise the Lord. For everybody, and I don't even want to use, you know, they, you know, they say, oh, we're, we're the woke generation. I believe I got more message. We'll see. But folks, I said I, I don't mean to be political because it's not red and it's not blue. It's not Republican and it's not Democrat. This whole thing that's going on is it yeah, it's spiritual. It's the kingdom of darkness against the kingdom of light. That's what's going on here. The whole thing, even with Trump, the whole thing that's going on now, it's a war of the kingdom of darkness coming against the kingdom of light. That's what's going on right now. And it's a time that you and I need to know what we believe. Know what you believe. Know it from the word of God what you believe. Don't say, well, my daddy believed it, and my dad's dad believed it, and it's good enough for me. 
What's good enough? Where's it at? Because the Bible says, be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you of the hope that's within you. If you have a hope in, the, uh, uh, in God, be ready to tell somebody why you have this hope. Don't just say, my dad believed it in my grandpa and my great-grandpa or my mom believed it and my grandma believed it and it's good enough for me. Be able to take them to the word of God and show them where that great hope is because we've got to be ready in this hour. We're going to have to rescue some people from being swallowed up in this hour. I'm going to say something right now, but I'm not really going to be attacking this point of view, but I want to say this to get to the point that I'm going to make. A pastor said to me one time, he said, he said, God would never allow his bride to be beat up before the wedding, speaking of the church. He would never allow his, church, his, his bride to be beat up before the wedding, you know, meaning that the church would never have to go through anything before the wedding, the bride. And I said, well, pastor, that's very American church of you. I said, Did, if you really consider Jesus and the brutal price he paid for our salvation, and if you consider the apostles that were martyred, say one, and if you consider all the people that have been martyred through history, in the 14th and 15th and 16th century, how many were burned at the stake for the gospel's sake? And if you pick up a copy of the voice of the martyrs, you know how many are still being martyred today. And, and, and they are the bride of Christ. Who knows? what we might have to suffer. And it is, I'm not, doesn't mean, you know, I don't even have to talk about in the seven-year, 70th week of Daniel. I don't even have to deal with that. Who knows what we might face? A girl at Columbine High School faced it. <laughs> Who knows what we might face? Don't worry, I'm going to get to the good, get to the, positive end of this so stay with me who knows what we might have to face with the anarchy that is in the United States today yeah the lawlessness that's going on who knows Paul writing to Timothy said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. But look what he said here. If you, if you take notes, I don't know if anybody was taking notes, but I'm looking at 2 Corinthians 11th chapter. 
the 24th verse. I'll just read it to you. It says, you have to go to 2 Corinthians. He said, of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I was a shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep, in journeyings often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, and besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. And he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. Through all of those things, I never once said, God, why am I shipwrecked? God, why am I in jail? God, why is this? And, you know, if, if this is what it's about, then, you know, maybe, maybe it isn't right. I've never done that. I have kept the faith. We're going to have to keep the faith in this hour. No telling what might come down the pike. No telling what might come our way. We have got to hold steady, but we're going to have to know this is true. We're going to have to know what we believe so that we can hold steady and keep the faith. Can you tell me why and where? I'm, you, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody you need to quote scripture like crazy. But you need to have the essence within you and be able to take somebody to it in the word. Yeah. If we haven't grown up, we need to grow up. But I have a feeling this is a grown-up church. I have a feeling this is a growing-up church and a grown-up church. I have a feeling there's a lot of people in this place that really live for God. You want to know why I have that feeling? Because you have Steve, Pastor Steve as a pastor. And I don't think he wants to be anywhere else. <laughs> and Pastor Jenny as a pastor's wife. And I don't think she wants to be anywhere else. And if you say, I'm new at this, I say, wow. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. I remember being new at this. It's the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. Most likely the new people come to the later service, though, huh? <laughs> you know, Paul one time also said, you know, I, I, I don't want you to be ignorant about what happened to us in Asia. He said, we were pressed out of measure insomuch that we despaired even of life. And he said, but we had the sentence of death in us that we did not trust in ourselves. 
but in him that raiseth the dead. Paul said, we were pressed out of measure so much that we thought we were going to die. We thought the thing that we were facing in Asia, that we were definitely going to die. But we didn't trust in ourselves. We had the sentence of death in us already, meaning that if we were going to die, we were going to die for Christ. And we were going to trust him who raises the dead. He said, so if this is where we're going to die, we're going to die. And we know that we're going to raise again. He said, but God delivered us from that death. And he delivers us from death now. And he'll deliver us from death in the future. We will rise again. He said, whatever way it goes, we're ahead. <laughs> whatever way it goes. There's no reason to fear. We've got to have a mind made up. We've got to have a mind set that says we're going through whatever it takes. We are going through, and we're going through with Christ, and we are victorious, and we do have authority, and we do have weapons. We do have weapons. I'm not afraid of those that can hurt the body. Literally, I'm not afraid. And if I have to go against them in Jesus' name, I will. If I have to command a gun blow up in their hand, I will. If I have to command their sight dis diminish, I will. If I have to command that they be crippled, I will. You say, oh, honey, that's not. No, this is long time point of view. This isn't some fear thing coming out of me now I've said this all of my Christian life God it, it, if it gets bigger than me there's power in me that isn't me there's power in me that isn't me greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world but if that's the time that I'm gonna go well I'll see you in the resurrection but until I'm gonna believe everything that that says and I'm gonna let myself dissolve into everything that that says I'm going to let Christ be formed in me. Amen. The hall of faith. You know, the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews is the hall of faith, and it mentions... All the people of who by faith, who by faith, goes all down the line, Abraham, Noah, I mean, goes down the line, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and even Sarah made it. She laughed at one point, but she got herself together later. She made the hall of faith. She laughed faithless at one point, but she ended up in the hall of faith. So that if you made a mistake, just get up. <laughs> then it talks about these ones. Oh. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, and women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. 
and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and look at this is, I just love this, of whom the world was not worthy. Oof. People have laid their life down that I can stand up here today. People have laid their life down that you might sit here today. This gospel has come a long way. But we are those upon whom the end of the ends of the world has come. You know, somebody's going to be God's final ministers. Somebody's going to be God's final witnesses. Somebody's going to be God's final Sunday school teachers. Somebody's going to be God's final worship leaders. Somebody's going to be God's final pastors. Somebody's going to be God's final everything. And it looks like we are those upon whom the ends of the world has come. You know, and I mentioned earlier about, you know, the, the pastor talk, not wanting to suffer anything. Do you know that, that America hasn't really suffered a lot? People in foreign countries have really suffered for the gospel's sake. But we haven't suffered a lot. And you know what? America hasn't really needed God. Oh, Juanita, how could you say that? We have needed him in our crisis. We have needed him in our disease. We have needed him in our financial situations. We have needed him in, in all kinds of dire situations. But we haven't needed him on a daily basis. When everything was okay, were you still saying, God, we need you. God, we're in desperate need of you. God, we need you to lead us. God, we need you to guide us. God, we want to be equipped. God, we want to be hungry. God, we want to be used. God, we want to, to go forth with unction. God, we need you. The American church is almost, oh God, I didn't know I was going here. The American church it's almost been a clubhouse. Quiet in here. We have all of our social gatherings. You can get far more people to a social gathering than you can to a prayer meeting. Why? Because you don't need God. But when you need God, you'll probably tend that prayer meeting. When your child needs God, you'll probably tend that prayer meeting. When your mom needs God, you'll probably tend that prayer meeting. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be in tears. Uh-oh. Everybody, before you leave, make sure you punch your time card so they know that you were at church today. That black box against the wall, just put your card in there. Punch your card, and then and you're, you're good for this Sunday. 
I never said that before, never done that before. I mean, I've said it, but not at church. <laughs> Funny, buddy, it ain't, huh? That's why America doesn't want the American church doesn't want to suffer. Because it doesn't know how to meet God. Because it hasn't lived that that place and has that assurance and has that 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 open relationship. What time do I have, Pastor? I'm about to close. Okay. have that open relationship of just needing and wanting and, 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 you know, and God, whatever, my life is yours. Relationship with God and, and, and the thought of suffering is just partaking of, of the Lord's suffering and knowing that if I partake in his sufferings, I'm also going to be a partaker of his you know, his rejoicings and all of the joy that he had and, and all the people that did all of those things, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, so many people that did it, and, and we can be part of that. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, laying aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us from getting in control and in that place, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction against sinners, lest you become wearied and faint in your mind, for you have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. We haven't resisted unto nothing. We've not had to go through nothing, really, and I don't want to belittle all of our heartaches. I've been through stuff. I've been through stuff. I've been through stuff just like you and, and, and heart-rending stuff just like you. Okay. Paul went through something and he said, God, I'm coming down here just to look you in the eye better. Paul went through something, and was going through something, and he went to God and he said, God, let this thing depart from me. And he went to God three times and he said, this angel of Satan that's come to buffet me, let it depart from me. And God said, no. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul said, well then, I will rather glory in my infirmities and in my persecutions and in my trials and all the things that I go through, I'm going to glory in them because 
when I glory in them, the power, when I go through them, the power of Christ rests on me because the grace of God comes to me. And when I am weak, then I am strong. And that's, a, that's an incredible thing here. Today, our, our load may require a cup full of grace. But in two weeks, it may require a barrel load of grace. And that's the thing about God. Today, you might need a cup load. But in two weeks, you might need a barrel load. And God's grace is sufficient. So when you say, Juanita, I don't want to think about suffering. I don't want to think about hard times. I don't want to think about trials. I don't want to think about that. Well, think about this. Whatever you need at that time, it's going to be there. And today you can't imagine it because today all you need is a cup load. But if you need 10 barrels full, if you need a truckload, if you need a semi full, however much grace you need, it is sufficient for the need. Always, always, always. And then Paul said, well, if you're going to like that, God, let the things happen. Because then when they happen, here comes the grace of God, and I'm weak and nothing, and I can't go through this, and I can't face it. But, whoa, now I can, because the grace of God is upon me. And though I'm weak, I am strong, and I can't do this thing. We can face this hour. We can be those upon whom the ends of the world has come. We can be those who God uses in this hour. We can be whatever is needed in this hour. Worship. Oh, on cue. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know any of you. I met you before. But I really don't know any of you. I might. But really, not in the last 15 years, probably, 20, <laughs> much. I don't know where you found yourself in this message today, but I prayed that, and we prayed, Jim and I prayed that, that God would give you the portion of where you're at. I don't know where you found yourself in this message or where God found you. I don't know where he pointed and, 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 and right here you went, ooh. Know this, God never convicts to condemn. God never convicts to condemn. He doesn't ever want you to go out of here with your head low. He wants you to go out of here. He's the, he's the lifter of our head. He's the lifter of our head. Well, wherever God is speaking to you, 
Know that he's pulling you toward him. If it's to wake you up to the hour that you live in. You know, I, I drive every, every day or, or every day, wherever my routine is and whatever's going on, I look at people and I think, you don't even know that the end of the world is upon us. I think that every day. I look at my little nieces and nephews and think, Lord, they're not even being raised in a Christian home. I have a lot of, a lot of Christian nieces and nephews since I've come to the Lord. There's a lot of different Christians, sister, brother, different Christians that have come to the Lord. A lot on the, on the verge. This isn't, just, this isn't just a Jesus is coming message that we've heard for the last 40 years. I've, it really is. We are those upon whom the ends of the world has come. And you see it every day. You see it. What are we going to do? God, what do you want us to do? Where did God speak to you today? Was it about Was it about waking up? Was it about the stirring up? Was it about eliminating the fears? Letting faith rise in you and So much, there's so much. Don't just say, well, we're going to be out of here. You don't know what's going to happen between now and then. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Uh, Juanita, were you a doomsday preacher? No. Jesus said, I would know things by the, yeah, by the, by what you see. I see him. And I see him every day. Pastor, let's do this thing. Let's do it. I know you are. I know you are know you are. There's so many things that him and I say when I start to say something, he goes, I just said that. I just said that to my staff. I just, I, I was, you know, it's like we're on the same page. Where did God speak to you today? Where did God speak to you today? I want you to right now Bring that to the Lord. What, what do you do, Pastor, right now? I'm not sure because I don't know what to do with two services. What do you do right now? Do you, do you have people pray or is it, oh, you do? Okay. <clears throat> Let's everyone stand in the building. just all over the building right now say Lord here I am and this is the thing that 
stood out to me the most in what was said today. There was a lot of territory covered, and I apologize for that. But let the thing that stood out to you today Let God begin to deal with you on that right now and take it to him. Begin to talk to him all over the building and say, Lord, here am I, God. Here am I, God, deal. Deal, Lord, deal. Deal, deal, with, deal with these fears. I put these fears down, God. Or, God, I put this, this lax thing about me down, God. Or whatever it is, whatever it is. It could even be something that God pointed out that I don't even know anything about. And if you want prayer today for any reason, if you want prayer for any reason, come today and I will pray for you. And my friend, Lord God Almighty, Lord God Almighty, all over this building. Lord God Almighty, all over this building. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for warrior, God. I thank you for this warrior, God. I thank you for this warrior, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, that a warrior is not somebody that doesn't face fear and doesn't face battle and doesn't, actually, the warrior faces all those things. Lord, a warrior fights. That's what makes a warrior. God, her life could just be so at ease that she'd just give in and go with the flow of this generation. She could just relax and go with the flow of this generation, but she's chosen God to put her face to the wind and to fight her way through God to you and God, and that is a warrior, Lord. Lord, she's a warrior beyond her years, and I thank you for that, God. 